How we doing, folks? Welcome back to yet another episode of In Defense of Liberation, the show that is working towards and educating about uh, true people's liberation movement and hopefully one day a true proletarian revolution. Uh, but until we get there, I am your host, Josh. It's nice to see. Well, it's, it's nice that you're listening to me because it makes me feel like this is worth recording. <laughs> But um, no, for real, if if this is your first time tuning in, I really do appreciate it. It means a lot. Um, I am trying with the little amount of free time that I ever seem to have to put out, you know, not just content for the sake of content, but to actually put out some educational stuff. Um, I know a lot of what I do is in more of a kind of like rant as I like to describe them, or like a conversation basis when I have guests on, which, you know, I sometimes feel like maybe isn't the most educational format, just because it's probably not how most people want to absorb or learn this information. And I am actively working on making sure that I don't trail off on, you know, useless ends or, you know, speak on things that don't need the time to be spoken on, especially if it's not something that I should be speaking on. Um, But ultimately, I put out content because I feel that I spend enough time trying to educate myself, reading, um, talking with others, and some of that information is useful, and most of it is not, like, readily available. And if it is, most people don't know where to look for it. So, I don't know why those people would be finding my podcast instead of those videos or books or whatever. But if you're listening to my show, regardless, thank you for listening and let's 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 get into some stuffs. Um, so I uh, I've been spending a lot of time trying to learn about the indigenous struggle, right? Because there's a general indigenous struggle in the fact that what it is to be colonized, right? There's no copy-paste of colonization, but there's a pretty general foundation and uh, process of colonization. There's different versions of colonization. There's different historical epochs and different forms of colonization. Um, But I think ultimately what really brings colonialism and colonization as a whole to a general space is just a large group of people who is oppressed, dehumanized, made unfree, educated against their will, against things that they don't want to learn about with misinformation, um, with everything that's coming out with the residential schools. I think this is a huge point to focus on. Just the absolute amount of Catholic, um, bourgeois, white supremacist propaganda that has absolutely plagued not only Canada and the United States, but you got to think about the fact that the leading role, the leading player in colonization for a majority of the time that we can say that it's existed has been done, funded by, or ultimately supported by 
the church. Now that's the Catholic church, the Protestant church, um, mostly what we might call Christian, what falls under Christianity. Um, and this, you know, as we know, comes uh, wholeheartedly in a lot of ways connected to um, absolutist, feudal class societies wherein the church was ultimately the dominant force. You know, I do not have my history together to argue which came first, the church, the wealth, or the power, you know, which one really started it all off. But they were all there and they've all been present still to this day with Vatican City being full of stolen, priceless artifacts from mostly indigenous peoples. Um, You have all the land, all the physical capital, all the property, and all the political power that the Catholic Church specifically carries across the world. And that's something to really, you know, question. Another thing that I've been learning a lot about has been just kind of really shifting my mindset and I'm not very good at it so you know that's why I want to talk about it shifting my mindset from an individual selfish self kind of containing or I guess a better word might be self-sustaining mindset and trying to cultivate a more collective communal um, shared mentality, almost a hive mind, in the sense that not we're all thinking and doing the same thing, but we're all thinking about and doing things for each other in the spirit of the general good for all. Um, Not taking these individualistic um, and singular people or people groups or situations that we feel that, you know, by helping these people, maybe through addiction or through their struggles with living in a society such as ours and being a member of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, I think it's, you know, kind of reckoning with the fact that we're not trying to help these folks for the sake of then being able to um, preach our gospel, whether that gospel is uh, Christianity, Catholicism, uh, communism, you know. At the end of the day, our goal should be to act in material ways to facilitate that change in mindset and to really instead of preaching what socialism or communism and the relationships that we have in those societies would look like as Melanie Yazi, Nick Estes and a bunch of other people over from the Red Nation have talked about is like we have to start building that society um And I don't think they're the first people to say that. I would say that 
especially indigenous people, have been saying that for years. That, you know, the need to hold on to the different form of societal roles and relationships, to hold on to the different um, structure of society, um, to try to break away from class and privilege and things of that nature. Um, indigenous folks for 500 years have been resisting, have been trying to keep that a material and tangible reality so that people can know that it's not a fever dream. It, you know, capitalism is not the only option. Um, and these things are not simply utopias. They're utopian because we're only dreaming about them right now, but they're not utopian in the sense that they are impossible. But we do want to avoid a utopia or a utopian mindset, which also makes us think that without doing anything, we can get to such a place. Um, you know, houseless people aren't going to house themselves. Um, if that was a possibility, I don't know why anybody would choose to be houseless, right? Um, drug addicts, um, or I guess, you know, I think the proper way, being someone whose family suffers immensely from addiction, um, I think the proper way to say that is, like, people with addiction, I think, myself included, we need to stop making people and labeling people as their struggles or their stigmas, um, yeah, but it's really incredible the complete destruction that colonialism committed against this this collective mindset. Um, the liberal theories of individualism, uh, you know, supposed prophecies like the doctrine of discovery and the manifest destiny. Um, these are all clear examples of a completely different way of organizing the society. There, you know, are many, many, many historical examples, not only of quote-unquote indigenous people, because I think when we hear that word, we, especially in the United States, or North America, I should say, we get a certain picture in our head which we need to fight when we hear that word. So indigenous peoples, in the sense that people who are indigenous to the land that they live on, um, but not indigenous people as in strictly what we might think of as quote-unquote Native Americans, right? We have to broaden our worldview, think internationally. Um, the difference between the primitive communal societies of early, early human civilizations to colonialism. Now, we shouldn't... I think a lot of communists get really caught up in, like... I don't know. I think I've heard some people take it a step too far with believing that we need to go back to primitive communalism. And a few things with that, just real quick. First and foremost, you cannot ever go back in time. It's impossible. Um, 
I don't care what it is like that you're talking about. You genuinely cannot go back in time. You cannot recreate a reality that once existed because as we know, human history develops by human needs. And so if we are developing out of a system or out of a certain societal structure or out of a certain tradition or culture, it is either A, because the mass of society has decided that, uh, you know, this is the proper way to do it, or the more likely and most common way, which is the oppressing force which dictates how society is run has decided that, in fact, this is the new way to run things. And it isn't until the people's reaction builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and builds builds to a certain point where they overthrow that system does that system change. But on both ends, you have a necessity. You have the bourgeois, the ruling class necessity to create a docile, uneducated, um, slavish group of people. And you have the oppressed people's need to liberate themselves and to humanize themselves and to accept what colonialism has created but not accept it as the only reality accept it as something that needs to be overcome right um which i think nobody does better than uh our indigenous communities all over the world i think one great example of that is what's happening in brazil right now um you have indigenous people who have seen Almost the remainder, um, in a lot of cases, for some groups, it is the remainder of their sovereign uh, demarcated land, which the Brazilian government and the corporations who are funding them um, had said that they, you know, couldn't mine in, they couldn't, or not mine, um, they couldn't cut down the trees, they couldn't come in and and make uh, grazing fields for cattle the land was the indigenous peoples and they couldn't touch it. Now, if you know anything about Brazil, you know that's bullshit and you know it's just a law because every day in Brazil, indigenous activists calling for the end to the encroachment on their land, the end to the surrounding of them on their land, get killed. Um, Oftentimes by people who are either directly paid by or hired by, you know, the Brazilian military or the groups that the Brazilian government pays to act as paramilitary, um, you know, groups. But anywho, what I'm trying to say here is basically that we have been stripped of our humanity. Ultimately, we have been made to think that everyone around us, right, there's something wrong with them, right? I think we see that in how we interact with folks that we don't know. They walk by and we might say, did you see did you see their haircut or wow did you see how big they are or fill in the blank um we all do that and that's completely inappropriate and none of us should um i think in a lot of other cases you see also an unwillingness to want to meet with quote-unquote strangers talk with people um hear their stories hear their their you know what they have to say learn from each other even just you know, standing in a a line somewhere. How you doing? I I mean, I know it's so empty, but I think it's even, I don't want to call it revolutionary, but it's pretty different to think, and, and, you know, that really gets you to, to, 
frame in your mind how little concern we have we as human beings have about one another and i know of course we have individuals who might care a lot about the general good you know a lot of communists care about the general good um but a lot of communists are also not good at doing something for the common good um i think a lot of us care about people that we care about but don't give a damn about anybody else right we have me and mines we have our little clique right whether that's family friends whatever um we have developed into escapism we have developed into separatism um and it ultimately all stems from individualism and i wanted to do this little episode just real quick to say that like we desperately need to be fighting that and i mean fighting that in changing behaviors actually changing the way that you act towards other people we need to change that by doing more for others not just saying that we wish we could hang out or we wish you know i wish i could be there to help you move well why you know could you could you be there to help them move you know this is something i do in my own life if i can come up with an excuse admittedly i do a very good job of coming up with an excuse and i need to get better at that you know we each need to get better at not taking the opportunity to disregard someone who needs our help who we have convinced not only them but also ourselves that we care about and i think ultimately as someone who comes from you know a home that is not much different than many you need to do more than just say you care or love someone you need to show them you need to change your behaviors that affect them you need to make sure that you give attention to people um i think a lot of our interactions are very superfluous they're very half-hearted um our interactions with family uh text messages you know they're so impersonal but We have to hold on to whatever we can hold on to at this point and we have to start making it better, right? I think this is something that we ultimately feel a lot of times is this big monumental change, right? Um but I think every person who really knows any and you know cuz there's changes in environment, there's changes in psychology, there's changing in behaviors there's changing in politics anybody who knows how the process of change occurs knows that it's a quantitative change which develops ultimately into a qualitative change right you have all kinds of examples of this and i think the one example right now that we need to start building is if each one of us you know we have the quantity of people beginning to facilitate change their behaviors, build, you know, different relationships, build uh a community outreach or organizations that show care about the other, that facilitate a collective mindset. We will ultimately and eventually have a 
qualitative change by those groupings, hopefully, and we need to be intentional in this way, coalescing with one another in solidarity and ultimately working together to create a world separate of class, to create a world separate of colonialism, of capitalism, and of individualism. Because if you know anything about human development, we're only here today because we were together the entire time. We got all of our food, our clothes, our house, everything that you and I have comes from other people. We cannot escape it. We are social beings. We have created civilizations and communities built on intermingling and relationships. It cannot be so escapist and so separatist. There's, you can only do so much in that way before you recognize that you're ultimately hurting yourself far more than you're helping yourself. Um, but yeah, that's all I really had to say today, so I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, if y'all want to, like, advise me on anything that's been on your minds that you want to learn about or that, like, you know, guests you want to see me have on, hit me up at indefensiveliberation at gmail.com. Um, no caps or spaces in that. You can also hit me up on social media. I have TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can also find my website and blog at for liberation, no caps, no spaces, dot wix site that's w-i-x-s-i-t-e dot com forward slash website um and yeah folks i appreciate the listen i hope everyone is doing well and you know let's start loving each other let's start facilitating real love and ultimately let's start working at building a socialist society um together is the only way that we're going to survive thank you Uh, Stay safe, folks.